Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Whether it's relationships, work, or just with friends, there are plenty of things that I've done that I'll suddenly think about and feel ashamed of. But surely I'm not the only one who has this happen. So I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of people and asking them about what they're ashamed of and how they think that's influenced the person they are today. This episode's guest is actually two people, uh, close friends and very successful entertainers and business people, Gretel Colleen, performer, writer, and everything else under the, the sun, and Alexandra Chelios, CEO and founder of online publication The Big Smoke. So I was very ashamed about that, like a really deep shame that, that, that nobody understood, but I think it was an ego thing. And when you're young, you, it's very hard to put things in perspective and you, you don't know to forgive yourself. I'll always remember, I've, I've always been angry at myself, 25 years or however old I am later. You're listening to Shame Feeder. Hello and welcome to Shame Feeder, a podcast where I just try to explore shame as much as I can um, because I'm very, and I say this each time, very interested with the connection between uh, people's lives, people's success, what they're proud of, and if there's anything that shame has to do with that. And today I'm I'm doing a twofer. I've got uh, two very accomplished women um, who are definitely leaving me feeling a little overwhelmed with how much they've managed to achieve compared to what I've managed and uh, very excited to have them in here. They're share, sharing knowing glances already. Uh, I want to start firstly with Alexandra Chelios, the founder and CEO of The Big Smoke. Uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. And Gretel Colleen. Hello. I, I don't even know. I've given Alex the introduction of uh, founder and CEO of The Big Smoke, but you've done so much, Gretel. Like, mm. what do people normally introduce you as? Guru. <laughs> Life changer. Yeah. <laughs> Icon. The Australian <laughs> Oprah. <Yeah. laughs> Slash Mother Therese. Oh, she's Sister Therese now. Mm. Well, you would know that better than I, I because do. you're... Very Catholic. You're very religious. Okay. Saint, Saint S- Therese, whatever. Saint Therese. Saint G is what we call her. In yeah. <laughs> yes, and Saint only... G to make it a bit more yeah. straight, is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With a hand gesture. Yeah. Um, yes, but I think you know, someone was talking about success the other day, and and people were. Ref- the question was, um, when did you know you were successful? And I don't, I don't know if people ever know they're successful. Right. Like I always feel like I'm just beginning at what I do. Do you feel like that, Alex? You never get to a point where you go, I've achieved so much. It's like, what's the next thing? You're always moving forward. But that's a different thing. Compulsion, obsession, your insatiable desire to work. Uh, your motivation is different to mine, but that might be because you're a bit younger than me. Not as wise. <laughs> I'm loving just sitting back and watching this even debate on it. But uh, well, starting with you, Alex, mm. um, I mean... I don't want to go making assumptions, mm-hmm. uh, but you are the founder and CEO of The Big Smoke. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I do love finding out from each person I have in, what are you proud of that you're doing or have done? Um, I mean, I'm really proud of what I have created with The Big Smoke. I'm really proud of all the people that are involved in it because it's not just me. 
Um, so there is a real sense of um, gratification around what I do every day and that what I do for work, if, if it is compulsive work, whatever it might be, it does result in, in work for other people, which I really like. So I'm very, that's probably my main thing that I'm proud of, more so than anything that I've accomplished mm. on my own. Um, so it just feels like other people have been had that ripple effect from what I've done, and yeah. that's really important to me. Okay, and then, and this is uh, the same answer. Some people give the same answer for this, but you've said what you're proud of. What would you consider your biggest achievement? Um, giving jobs to people. That yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Good jobs. Yeah. Well, I assume, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people that, that didn't think that they would do that. And one of the things I really like is that there's been a lot of people who entered my world and didn't think of themselves as writers or creators and then suddenly that's what they're doing and then they've started from doing it with us and then moved on to other things and it's kind of catapulted them into other areas. And I'm very proud of that. Um, so I'm very proud of the people that I'm a part of, like that I get to work with, and I think that that's my main achievement yeah okay so would you ball, be able to ballpark like how many jobs you prefer? just out of curiosity I'm just well, like... we've, well I like that we've given a platform to over 350 writers and I like that I've got jobs for over 15 or 20 people at the moment and I like the fact that people even internationally get to write for us and do mm. stuff and I really I think there's something very exciting about people coming together and creating together mm. and then putting it out in the world and then and then seeing how people respond to it but that that's probably my biggest thing and okay. as commercial as it is and it is commercial um it, it is actually creating the framework for, for people to do other things and equipping them to do other yeah. things okay and if, if you're not comfortable going specific on this that's fine but uh when you say you're, you 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 know you consider a big achievement you know providing a platform for people to then go into bigger things mm. is there one name that stands out in terms of like people who've maybe gone on to other things that you're like i'm glad that i helped them get their start um i we have a program called tbs next gen and some of the kids that have started writing for us were, were eight eight to eighteen and a lot of them who started writing for us last year are now submitting articles to The Guardian and other places and getting published. Wow. And they, they, they never would have thought to do that because they weren't studying journalism. That wasn't their shtick. Mm. So I'm proud of that, that they feel that they have a voice. Um, there was one guy in the US, um, Sean Davis, who was a Purple Heart veteran, who wrote an open letter to Donald Trump. And that got picked up around America and all the news um, shows. So he actually had to go on the TV and talk about his letter on the Big Smoke to Trump. And that was really exciting for me because it gave him a platform to, to do something that may not have gotten cut through if he didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, okay. Um, that's really cool. I, 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 now you mentioned, I remember the Purple Heart thing sort of coming around on social media. That's awesome. So with you, I mean, again, I don't want to make assumptions, but I had a bit of a feeling the big smoke would be pretty evident uh, or prevalent in you know the, the, the pride and achievement stuff. But Gretel... I, yes. You've done. You've managed a lot of things, and I, I. When it comes to you, I'm not really sure where to go in terms of asking. So I'm just genuinely curious. What are you proud of? What am I proud of? Mm, that is interesting. I do feel we need to say that that strange noise in the background is a dog. <laughs> so Betty's snoring, just so you know. And she's doing that like whoop. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm not, I don't have wheezy problems. <laughs> well, I mean, we say it's a dog, yeah. but it's really Alex. Mm. Every time I speak, you'll notice she sabotages my replies. Yeah, about me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you proud of, Gretel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what am I proud of? Uh, in terms of what I've achieved, I don't really think like that, but I think it's probably the upbringing I had. Um, which was very modest, kind of humble upbringing. So I don't really think in terms of what I'm proud of. I mean, I'm proud that I've brought goodness and kindness to the world, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In terms of myself, I'm a little bit proud of my bravery and my perseverance, but I'm also fully aware that they're kind of things that you're born with or not born with. Mm. So I'm therefore also aware that I can't really take credit for them. <laughs> uh, so I'm just proud of whoever gave them to me. So good on that. And uh, and I know this sounds a bit waffly, but one, uh, we're, con- we're constantly evolving and all of the different things that I've done in my life, um, so I've published books and hosted television and performed all around the world and done all this hoo-ha but they're all learning experiences and pushing boundaries and so I'm proud I guess that I challenge myself but I haven't arrived yet I'm still on the way I'm just I'm really I feel like I've been researching what it is I'm going to do next for all of my life and Mm. all of my career in terms of actual tangible achievements I'm proud of my children they're adults now and I'm proud of them. I mean, today I am. They they seem quite good, <laughs> and I love them. That's I, that's interesting because that's probably and I guess it's. I, I'm I'm just thinking now. It's almost an oversight in my way. But you're probably the first mum I've had for the podcast. Yeah. Um. I also raised my children by myself, and and when I was doing that, and of course I still am a single mum, but for twenty thirty years, um. It's not 30, it's nearly 30. Um, I just did the job that was in front of me, but I had to work and I was high profile and doing all of that and finding spare socks and doing homework and hosting television, doing all of that. Uh, I'm kind of amazed that I did it and and that they're okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, of course, suffered, but they're fine. Um, But I do feel like hugging myself a bit sometimes because that was particularly hard it was a very very hard thing to do and I have no witnesses and I have no trophies I have my beautiful children who I think are fabulous but but it's something that nobody can ever look at and I can't quantify so it's not really an achievement I can share because nobody knows how hard that actually Mm. was except me yeah I I totally get that however um I know off uh, before we recorded this, uh, we were all talking and um, we were saying, you know, I'm not really intending to have kids. And that's not to say that I don't have a lot of respect for people who do. I, that's half the reason I don't want to. I don't. I look at myself and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I couldn't. Like, I look at parents and I think that's a huge achievement to get through raising kids and, you know, having to put in so much uh, empathy and um, time and, like, caring and to continue to care. I don't know if I'd be able to to continue to care. (laughs) Oh, it's a weird thing. I mean, you biologically designed once these little babies appear fundamentally to be looking after them but it's it's the financial thing too and every decision is yours as a single parent um the financial responsibility the time the logistics the the moral compass you have to be but i must say 
you know, all power to you for thinking or deciding that you don't want to have children because there's a lot of pressure in society that once you're at a certain age, right, when's it all happening? Yeah. And people can be very intrusive. So I, I respect you saying, well, actually it doesn't quite fit my shoe. Thank you very much. Cause... Which is a new saying. <laughs> <laughs> and it started here. If anyone asks in the years to come, say, where did fit my shoe come from? Shame feeder. Gretel Colleen, I'll give you the credit because it was Thank great. you. <laughs> Do you I... agree, Alex? Yeah, I agree. But I think also the other thing um, that I just wanted to mention was that it, it's not just about being a parent, but the type of parent you are. Like Gretel's brought these kids up who are amazingly strong and give back so to society already. And I think that's really a huge achievement. Yeah. Because not every parent can say that. No. Thank you, Alex. Oh. Well, look, it's... Uh, and I, I'm, I'm loving this one already because it's... It's a bit different, obviously, because I've got two people. But also, yeah, it's very much for getting the, the pride and the... Um, and the achievement stuff very differently to everything else I've done. So I'm interested to see how it goes when we delve into shame. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. I've been recording uh, tin whistle pool flutes and they'll be my super sound effects. <laughs> Keep up to date on the latest episodes by subscribing to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts and all other apps. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. So, as I said, this is already uh, one of the more fascinating ones of these that I've recorded. Uh, it's gone in, in directions, uh, honestly, I wasn't necessarily expecting. And I don't know why I wasn't. Uh, what was, were you expecting? I honestly didn't know. Um, it's, did you think about it before you did I it? did, absolutely. Um, I wasn't sure. I, I, with, well, I think because with everyone else, everyone else has... And I guess because it's sort of the, the aim of the show, but uh, everyone else has said that the thing they're so proud of has always been linked to career. Oh, so. oh. <laughs> I'm proud of my pug. She's been like really great and I've raised a great... She's not that great. She's no. noisy. And I'm not saying that as any form of criticism. I think it's great. No, like we, it's... we took it as praise. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was yeah. great. You just <laughs> good. No, no. Well, I like to just... Yeah, anyway. I dig but, out, but it dig is <laughs> It is interesting because so often when someone mentions someone, they, they'll mention them by career mm. and not actually what their other qualities might be that they're funny or kind or generous or inspiring or mm. or compassionate or whatever it is oh 
their head of so-and-so department or whatever it is, as though that speaks volumes. That's their defining factor. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why... Um, and it, it's got me thinking a bit. The podcast I listened to, Will Anderson, that was called Willosophy. I love that he opens it by saying, who are you? And then just waits to see what they say to introduce themselves. I really wanted to do it, but I also didn't want to just steal someone else's idea. He would have sued you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, good um, not to steal. No, but um, I find it really fascinating in like people's identity and that sort of thing, which is what I'm trying to explore here as well. So I'm interested to see what direction we're going with sh- shame as well. Because um, you guys, like a fair few people I've recorded this with, have already said before we've recorded, there's no shame. Um, so we'll see how we go. Um, might start with you, Alex. Mm-hmm. Is so when it comes to shame, is there anything you've done that you are that you think back on and think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? Or just as an addendum, is there anything you used to think back on? I think we all go through a phase in our life where we're caught up on things that we've done, whether that's the thing we've said to somebody or the relationship we've had with somebody and we're not proud of how it turned out or how we behaved in that. And I'm definitely, I've I've been in that situation where I feel ashamed of what I may have said or done. Um, But in terms of my life and, and thinking about a moment where I feel great shame, there's only really been one moment for me okay. and it was when I was seven years old and in my local community, my, um, the, the community were having uh, a rally to protest a, a, a rubbish tip being uh, brought into the area. Okay. And my parents were there. I don't even know why they were there because they're the least likely people now to like care about it. <laughs> just Maybe. saw a crowd and joined it? Yeah, that- <laughs> it was like neighbourhood. Maybe wide. they were just dropping rubbish on. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realise. But it was in the town hall and... I, I left them for a second and I went up to the side of the stage and I said to the people, can I, can I speak on stage about this event? And I didn't know what the event was about. And um, they said, sure. And they were really shocked. And so they let me go up on the stage because I was this like, you know, over the top seven year old yeah. and I thought I was fab. I used to put like, yeah. And I got no, no, what were you getting to say? I was going to say, I used to put one, one, like a one-person show on of Greece. With I played every character. Really? Yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> anyone, anyway. Um, but yeah, I was on stage. <laughs> and, and they said to me, what do you think about what's happening? And all I remember saying was, I think it's really bad what you're all doing. I think it's really wrong to bring this into the community. Because what's going to happen is you're going to see flies swimming in the air. And everyone thought it was so cute and clapped and got, I got off stage and they gave me a gift. Oh, okay. Like someone brought me some stupid souvenir spoon from something. Oh, I think that's a bit rude. So it's, yes. It's calling it stupid. Yeah. But like, why? Yeah. Everyone Probably a needs rubbish. a spoon. And it was a souvenir spoon that I couldn't use. But it was just so random. Like, it was so disconnected from what I was talking about. Like, <laughs> more random than you getting up on stage? Yeah. I mean, I think all power to them for improvising. Maybe was probably it was, uh, eating with it at the time. <laughs> gave me her yogurt actually spoon. forward thinking. They gave you something that you considered useless. They're like, one day she'll realise that she's just been given it. rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, that was, she'll yeah. put into a tip. It was very <laughs> and But I will always remember, I've, I've always been angry at myself 25 years or however old I am later because I didn't say flying around. And it's such a stupid little thing. It's like nobody would remember it. Nobody would care. But I just remember that. And, um, and then I remember, so I was very ashamed about that, like a really deep shame that, that, that nobody understood. But I think it was an ego thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I, I remembered only recently was when I was in year four, again, because I was so over the top mm. as a kid, people would always want to put me in my place. You know, when parent, like teachers were like, she's the one that's mm. going to, you know, do the Liza Minnelli thing. 
And um, and I remember going to school with all these cupcakes and I said, it's my birthday. And they said, well, the fact that you've had to make a big deal about it means we're not going to celebrate. And the teacher wouldn't let anyone sing me happy birthday. What? And I remember... For, Why is that shame for you? I was so, at the time, didn't know anything other than shame. So it was the first time as a kid that I felt embarrassed in, in yeah. shame. I was ashamed. Like, it was my birthday. I didn't understand why someone would do You'd that. been told off. And yeah, you for felt... being excited about my birthday. So, yeah. Um, so they're the two moments in my childhood that I remember feeling shame. And one of them was brought upon myself through an ego thing. And then the other one was brought upon, obviously, just a, a teacher that wasn't that nice. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that was the only time I really felt serious shame. That's... Look, I, and I love both those stories because um, they... they I think show well, at least the, the the fly one shows a lot about you. I think you've probably moved on from the birthday cake. Is that? Yeah, I am now. I just like make them sing me happy. <laughs> That's why you've got employees now. Yeah, yeah. So you... <laughs> they have to. Um, I think flies swimming around is. It made you sound like a great poet, mm. accidentally. It was a philosophy thing. Like, well, <laughs> in been reading, I'd been reading a lot of Jean-Paul Sartre, and I was like... <laughs> so I, did you, with either of those, did you ever talk to no, anyone? No, no one. I never spoke about it until recently. Wow. About either of them. Was that just because you just didn't think to share it? Or? Uh, no, I was really embarrassed. I didn't want to tell my mum about the, cake, the cakes at school because I didn't want her to feel angry. Oh. Um, and she made the effort of cooking all these cupcakes for my whole class. And um, and then the spoon thing, I just didn't want to... I'm well, not the spoon thing, it was the fly thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're seeing we're actually getting some deep-seated anger I towards the I really angry when people don't gift, <laughs> gift properly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that really, bothered, that really bothered me to the point where I didn't want to bring it up because it showed such a great flaw mm. in a moment that was meant to be confident and, and strong. That's really interesting. So, yes. I mean, those are two it's incidents like there. And uh, yeah, it is in a way. And we've got Gretel looking now just like... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm very wise, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm modest too. Uh, but I haven't always been wise. But it's interesting, as you get older, I mean, Alex, both of Alex's examples are from when she's young. And when you're young, you, it's very hard to put things in perspective mm. and you, you don't know to forgive yourself. When you get older, hopefully you can say, well, with the information I had at hand, I behaved the way that I thought was appropriate. That that would be yeah. the hope. Mm. Um, so as a child, I mean, I spent much of my child kind of riddled with inadequacies, but I was fundamentally... I just felt I wasn't good enough for anything in any capacity. So... Um, that was very hard, but if I were just to think of how trite that could have been, I still remember in like first class when they said who in the class had, which boys in the class had been class captain that year, and I remember putting my hand up, and it was boys in the class, and then someone said, "You're not a boy," and I I was mortified by that about that for such a long time, but I it was a different time then too because. Well, Alex didn't share her shame with anybody, but I feel like my children and, and younger generations now are much more willing to share mm. and seek comfort and guidance. And it's so important to be able to teach these things to each other because we're all these massive libraries of information and experience and we don't call upon, in our culture, we don't call upon elders and we don't call upon other people's wisdom or perspective and that would really have helped you in your case. And, and that's why you're here with us today. So. Yeah, that's why I'm on earth. No, it's, I think forgiving yourself, uh, if you know that it is, 
your intentions are good, then pride, as you said, Alex, is one of those things which mm. is ego and pride and how important are they within the fundamental equation? Like what was the image? I mean, maybe you were showing off with the cupcakes because, mm. hello, that it was... was my birthday. <laughs> uh, Alex has no regret. <laughs> I just want to point out yeah. that Alex makes us celebrate her birthday like every month. <laughs> okay, so we'll... I think that sort of covers yeah. shame for both of you. We're, I want to do the, the brief runaround to tying everything together next, see if there's any connection. Okay. For extra content, check out the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Okay, so you've got a lot to be proud of, Alex, and I, and I mean that from uh, an outsider looking in, like everything that you've got that you've managed is a huge achievement, and you've shared some of the things that you are proud of, and... Um, what I really want to see is, is there any connection between the, the stories you've shared and what you have now? So just taking a moment to think, like you still think back on, you know, messing up the word uh, flies swimming in the air. Is there any way that's influenced you, do you think? I think one of the things that I do now, which I'm kind of, I, I don't know if it's a good thing all the time, but I do tend to move forward really quickly with work stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll do something and then I'll move on to the next thing. And I'll make sure that thing I just left was working and sustainable, but then I won't really think about it again unless something's wrong. Yeah. And I do tend to do that a lot. So when I write articles, for example, I don't spend a lot of time on them. I write what I think and then I never read them again. So I think it, maybe I became somebody who didn't want to agonize over, thi- over things, Yeah. but also because I was always moving on to the next thing. Um, and I don't know whether it's connected, but I, I definitely don't feel that way now. I stuff up all the time. I always say the wrong thing. Like I'll be on air talking about something and I'll say mm. the wrong word and I won't ever think about it again. It's probably way more embarrassing than what I did at seven because yeah. like everyone can hear it. Yeah. But I won't care. Yeah. So I think I've moved forward from, I think maybe because in that moment when you're a kid, you so want everyone to see how impactful you are and how you're going to come with this great message <laughs> and I'm going to be the only seven-year-old who can be on par <laughs> with all the local politicians. And I stuffed it up. So, so I think it was more around that than, than necessarily just the word because mm. I, say, I, say the wrong, I say the wrong phrase all the time, don't I? Not all the time. Most of the time. No, yeah. but you, you speak in code <laughs> and you know what you mean, but <laughs> not everyone else does. Or I'll say, you know that saying that's like that and instead of actually saying the saying because I can't think of it, I'll actually describe the saying which takes longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you send things without any emotional context at mm. all yeah, don't you yeah. it's like and then I'll say but what what did you mean by that word oh you, you put, use the word apple and I say but what did you mean by putting the word apple in that text and you say oh you know blue what <laughs> what it's like that isn't it so I am a bit like that are you like a drug taker I'm like one of these people who write text things I like text things and then I don't think about them again yeah off your plate off your plate yeah I've done it like a yeah so I'm getting the feeling that even as a kid, you were probably always on the path to, like, the life you have Greatness. now. Greatness. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, managing um, a company that's all about putting out opinion uh, and, uh, you know, people's thoughts and words, but also yourself in the way you're, you're then doing the other arms of that company, talking, doing spots on radio, um, doing all the other... The, the performance element, I guess. Would you say, and I could be completely off base here, but... You are always bound to stuff up, like, like we all do, have that stumble at some point. And would that 
incident with the the flies swimming in the sky been the first one? Yeah, and I think also I've achieved a level of detachment from yeah. a lot of things that I that I used to not have. So yeah, as a teen, as a teen, so like maybe less so in my personal life, but in my work life, I'm very I can be quite detached. Mm. Yeah, from so, people's comments about me if they're good or bad. So could it be possible that that particular incident? Um, has made you a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Let's not blame the incident. And now I'm always, and now I'm always ungrateful for the gifts I get. <laughs> like it's really changed. Not harping on. Harping on about the same thing. Um, but no, I mean more like it's, it's you, you could have not learnt from that, or you could have scared you off. You rather the instead you had that moment, and it's sort of because it's that first moment, given you that time to learn to maybe be detached and continue to get to the stage where you are at now. I think one of the best things you can do in life is to let things go. Mm. And I'm not always great at, at that in every area of my life. Yeah. But, but when it comes to work, I'm good at that. Um, and I think that one of the things I hear a lot of women talk about is um, imposter syndrome. Is it imposter mm. syndrome? And when they feel fraud, like they feel fraudulent and they think they'll sit in a room full of men in the, like, and, and I've done this... And then they'll feel like, oh, they're going to be caught out because they're not as great as what they are. Yeah. Whereas I feel the opposite. I'm like, they don't realise how great I am. <laughs> like, I'm mistaken. <laughs> I have the opposite problem to imposter point. Yeah. So, um, so it, I don't know whether that came from that moment, but I think that I definitely had a very loving childhood, so I felt very good about myself. Mm. Um, but it does, it just changes. Things like that do change who you are because they remind you of what's possible in terms of yeah. being publicly embarrassed about something. That's fascinating. I also, like, and I, I never want to take a term that's used specifically for women, but I find the term, the, the imposter thing, I, I think I've heard it once or twice, but I've never had it properly explained. And I honestly feel like doing this podcast with everyone that I'm talking to that are so, that have achieved a lot, constantly waiting for someone to call out and just be like, you're just a regional radio host. <laughs> like, so I find that, but it's interesting. And there's a whole other kettle of fish as yeah. well that I won't delve into in this podcast. So I'll probably cut all of this bit out. Uh, but you don't because kettle of fish is not a phrase that's used often enough in a podcast. <laughs> and I want to be associated with Especially that. because we've had um, flies swimming and now we've got a kettle of fish. Yeah. And what was the shoe one? What was that? The shoe, the shoe fits. fits. Oh, I didn't invent that. No, you said something else. Yeah. Like no, different. I did. I said it. I, you, you did. You it had a unique tint to it. Yeah. yeah. It's already lost. Like that. I'll, no. When I'm editing, I'll message you and I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, you'll make it into a picture. <laughs> yeah. We should quote, probably go get a, quote. Like an aeroplane and sky ride it. Oh. One day. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gretel, um, would you say maybe similar to Alex, like you had an incident early on that you, that even now you can remember happening. Um, and maybe it was just by that first incident that sort of that you then learnt from to be like, it doesn't matter, um, or is it just not that important? No, that's just the only incident that pops into my mind. But yeah. as as I did say, um, I had tremendously low self esteem mm-hmm. and low self worth. So I wouldn't say that that particular incident, but that feeling which Alex, you probably remember that feeling of humiliation. And remember, nobody else has even noticed those mm. things. Nobody yeah. else. But it's all within you and the torment. And and I, I have not wanted to lead a life with that, with the burden of that. Life is a challenge. Life is exciting and full of possibilities. But you need energy. And 
exhausting yourself with emotional baggage is is such a weight and such a restriction so much of my life as as I said has been about uh building my self-esteem I always thought I was like a a little creature made of putty or plasticine that was squished out of shape and so or whatever those squishy balls are Mm, and then over time allowing the shape to actually emerge take the pressure off the shape can you visualize what I'm talking about so that I can be who I'm meant to be and to be honest even at the ripe old age I am of 21 (laughs) um I feel like it's only now that I am becoming the shape that I was meant to be then. So that particular incident is is really just an indication of a whole lot and and of that agony of inadequacy mm. that you feel. So that's okay. really the impact for me, I think, is, okay, now I'm ready to begin. This is who I was meant to be, mm. confident, funny, um, wanting to listen wanting to contact people and be in relationships with them and many people live in fear and fear like we were saying of being humiliated fear of being caught out they're they're such a waste of energy Mm. but we really have to I think concentrate on making those go away they don't just go away and sometimes I come across people who are my age and older and I think what you've still got that (laughs) stupid bit of baggage like (laughs) you should have looked at that by Mm. now get on with it and change it because we can change these things would you agree yeah and I think a lot of people are very afraid of examining who they are and why they do things. And I think that's what stops them from moving forward. Yeah. Um, I remember somebody saying to me, don't you feel um, you know, bad if you try to move yourself forward and other people don't move themselves forward? And I'm like, why would that even... That wouldn't even be a blip mm. on my radar. Um, I really believe that everybody is you know, a- able to move forward and have the same opportunities if they, if they want to. So I, I just, yeah, I don't think like that. Mm. Look, I've I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you two today. You. It's been... You're very fortunate. Oh, thank you. To have been a part yeah, of this. With us. Have you ever finished a podcast and said, "I have not enjoyed talking to you at all"? Only in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, honestly, thank you so much for for taking the time today and for sharing. Um, Pleasure. Because thank you. I know for some of you as well, maybe finding something to talk about in the terms of shame may have been taken a bit of time to think of. So thank you for that as well. Well, thank you for caring. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Shame Feeder. Keep up to date by subscribing or liking the Sam Blacker page on Facebook. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.